Hey, what's up? I'm Sonia. And I'm Leela. We're both high schoolers in a global pandemic bored out of our minds. And we bring to you Youth Speaks, a podcast where two brown girls talk mental health, society, pandemic, and everything in between. All right, so the world is just crazy right now. It's going through this intense period of upheaval. Because, okay, you remember in January, we started with these deadly Australian wildfires. And then right around the same time, President Trump was also being impeached. Oh, yeah. Um, which is just seems so long ago, but it was literally this year. And then there were some really crazy tensions with Iran. People were worried about a World War Three. And then the really tragic death of Kobe Bryant, which just, just took us all I by know. shock. Yeah, and it's so crazy and, like, scary to think of how much can happen and how much can change in just one year. Like, as you said, right. everything seems so long ago, but, you know. And I know, like, recently wildfires broke out in California and the heat wave is not my piece of cake. People are even talking about the bubonic plague, which is basically contained now. But it seems like 2020 is definitely not working. But, I mean, there was also that chaos with the Iowa caucus app. Harvey Weinstein was convicted. And, of course... The COVID-19 pandemic is just really descending upon us. Yeah, descending is a good word to describe it. Um, do you remember, like, a couple weeks ago, there was a, like, horrific explosion in Lebanon? Oh, and yeah. Then I remember this is a conversation and a dialogue that's been happening um, for a couple of years now, but there were there are currently concentration camps in China um, for Muslim residents. And yeah. there's so much more. Even naming it is just crazy and overwhelming. And then... While all of this was going on, Minneapolis police arrested George Floyd, a black Mm -hmm. man, for allegedly passing a counterfeit $20 bill. And white police officer Derek Chauvin knelt on his neck for eight minutes, which killed him. And his death was absolutely horrific, shocking, tragic, and has occurred way too many times with other black men and women in America. It's, It's terrifying. Yeah. And that's only like the latest events to name a few. There's still so much going on in the world. You and I both know that, you know, the police system has been using excessive force against black and brown communities since, you know, the institution was created. There's Mm -hmm. a real lack of accountability that's happening right now. And, you know, as young people or, you know, Gen Z about to inherit this country, we must take action against any sort of corruption in a system that's, you know, supposed to be protecting us and our peers. Totally. Yeah, it really is supposed to be protecting us. And that's we're taught that it's supposed to protect us from a young age. And that's part of what makes it so saddening is growing up to see that it's all a lie. It's all a myth. And mm-hmm. rightly, because of this, protests have swept the country. I think young people are especially getting involved. And what I've seen a lot, a lot of the discourse on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok, is this call to defund or yeah. even abolish the police. Um, people are questioning why so much money in city and state budgets are being poured into policing instead of into communities, especially into marginalized communities that are much more targeted by policing. Um, right. And this call to abolish the police, it comes from people wanting a new system. To put it plainly, we want a new system that's not a relic or a product of the institution of slavery in the United States. Exactly. And part of creating that new system means that we have to have conversations about it. And, you know, we kind of have to figure out how to best go forward. And we want to really make sure we delve deeper into everything that's happening right now in Youth Speaks. And, you know, specifically how our generation's reacting to it. And as we said, there's a lot happening right now. And as teenagers, it can be so overwhelming to take it all in. Mm-hmm. And part of this movement is about having the conversation. Totally. Um, that you put it perfectly, Sonia. I think it's important to have a conversation because 
speaking and talking and writing about things is a very human outlet for all of the overwhelming things that are going on. Um, And that's part of the reason that we wanted to have special guests in this episode, because conversing with other people and just having that conversation is important. So one of our special guests is Samuel Gedecho. He's a spoken word poet and writer from Oakland, California, who is heading to Yale in the year after the next. And we also have Sanjay De Silva, a ninth grade history teacher from the Athenian school with a very powerful voice. So tune in to hear how it went. First up, we have Samuel with Leela. Oh my god, long time no see or long time no hear. <laughs> it's good to hear from you. How are you? I'm good. I'm everything's uh, crazy and trying college in this whole pandemic thing, but it's, oh, it's yeah, it's super daunting. Congrats on getting into Yale, by the way. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's I cannot imagine doing the application process right now. I think earlier in the year when like everything was going down and people thought it would be over in a few months, I was like, my grade had it the worst because I was like, oh, we didn't get to graduate. We didn't get to have prom. Right. Like our senior year got interrupted. But now that it's like continuing to go on for like the like indefinite future, I really feel like my grade got out right in time because like, right. even just remote high school seems like a nightmare to me. Oh my god, no! I remember like my heart went out to your grade for like doing graduation. Where like OSA, I go to OSA and we did like a YouTube live graduation. And it was just like I felt so bad for you. Like that sucks. But I'm yeah, like realizing ours was that, YouTube like, live too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm realizing that's probably gonna be mine too. I don't know. I have faith, though. I mean, I try not to be, like, too optimistic because I don't want to get my hopes up. But, like, I've heard good things about the potential of, like, having a vaccine by by next spring. But, but you know, I don't know. I just, right. I, I will say that I got over the not having a graduation a lot sooner than I thought I would. So Totally. Yeah, I mean, and that being said, while it was a pandemic and we were forced to stop, so many things were also happening at the same time and it was like also overwhelmingly like overwhelming in a global kind of context so I wanted to like that's like one of the things I wanted to talk to you about were like how did you deal with that how were you holding up with all of the things happening around you I'm gonna be honest like definitely had a lot of lows um but I also think like I kind of had to learn how to be patient with myself um like, I think one of the reasons that I was, like, such a busy person throughout high school was, like, work was actually a kind of a coping mechanism for me. Like, if, if there were things going on in my life that I wasn't happy about or that were making me anxious or that were, like, making me depressed, I would just kind of distract myself with busy work, like, all the time. Um, which, like, on the surface makes me seem like such a high achiever. He has his, like, life together and da-da-da-da-da. But, like, if the reasoning behind it wasn't the healthiest, but, like when there wasn't like the option to do that when I just didn't have that many tasks to occupy myself with and there was all this stuff that I wanted to distract myself from I had to like really confront that and be like okay you know how do I feel about this how am I gonna make myself feel better about it and like what does this mean for me in the long term and I definitely like I had highs I had lows I got into yoga briefly (laughs) um was like really on my yoga grind got on my smoothie grind um, which also like, you know, I don't want to kind of overemphasize like the aesthetic aspects of self-care and like the face masks and yoga type of thing. But like, 
you know, it definitely works to an extent. Um, it does, it does. And just generally, like, especially in June um, and early July, I like really, really threw myself um, into into what was going on with the protests and was like, to like an unhealthy extent. Um, like it was all I was consuming all day long in terms of news. And I was like, staying up to like three or 4am just like compiling resources like trying to do all this stuff from home because I couldn't continue to physically protest because of just like family health concerns. Um, and I and that was also like another point where I had to like stop and be like, okay, what I'm doing right now is overworking for a week, burning out for four days, and then repeating. Right. And that is not good for me. And it's also not the most like productive way that I can be contributing to what's going on right now. And so I think, you know, people, I think the term self-care has been like wrung out and overused, but it, it, it still holds true in like its original meaning, which is just like understanding that, you know, even, even if you just look at it from like a cold productivity perspective, right? Like you're not going to be your most productive or your most helpful when you know, you're overworking yourself to the point of exhaustion and then having to take a bunch of time to recover from that and then doing it again. And it's like the same thing, like with like athletics, right? Like you can't be an athlete that like ridiculously overtrains until they injure themselves and then waits to recover. Like that's not the most effective way to be an athlete. It's not the most effective way to do anything. Um, and I think for me, like there were a lot of lessons in that and like every single aspect um, throughout quarantine of just like, okay, like, how do I pace myself? How do I, you know, strike the balance between spending a week where I don't do anything except for just scroll through my phone and a week where I don't do anything except for work constantly? Like, how do I strike that balance? And I'm going to be fully transparent when I say I still have not figured it out 100% and I'm still not very good at it, but I'm definitely much, much further along than I was at the beginning. No, it's relieving to hear that other people also haven't figured it out because, I mean, when everything is online, even the stuff with the protests, all the information is online, all the you know exposés are online, everything is online. It's like, how do you find that balance and sort of divorce yourself from overconsumption that is really, really stressful and hard for people? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really hard because it's like when, like the internet will give you a constant stream of information and like it won't stop. Like you have to be the one to be like, okay, I'm going to stop consuming this, which is like, I think for me, it's it's a really hard thing to do, um, especially when it, when I feel like so invested in it. Totally. I mean, and you are a really productive person just from your online presence. Like you're a spoken word poet and you've described your work on your website as a way to shine light on contemporary issues. And so speaking of like production and like channeling your time into something productive and something that can actually do something material could you tell me more about how you use your writing in a contemporary context or how you use the things that you're passionate about to sort of process what's happening around you and just everything that's going on yeah i mean i think for me some of the most effective education that i've experienced has been through art right so like I like, especially within like the poetry world, I've seen, you know, people perform poems that like gave me a new perspective on something or taught me about an issue that I didn't know about through their own personal lived experience and like introduced me to it in a way where I would be 
much more likely to feel some kind of actual human connection to it rather than just like cold statistics. Um, and so I think for me, like that's where the power of of poetry, specifically for me, but really just any art form lies in the ability to like educate and the ability to shine light on issues. Um, but then I think also the fact that so much of my life was dedicated to writing and, and was spent consuming writing and, and also creating means that like I have this ability to express myself that in a way that like other people can understand. And so like, for me, it's just been, how can I channel that, right? Like, how can I use that as effectively as possible? And if, if me, and it can be in any form, right? Like if me performing a poem about an issue and my perspective on an issue can help someone understand a point in a way that they didn't understand it before, that's wonderful, right? And if some, and if, if that means, you know, me posting like a series of bullet points on my Instagram story about something that people are talking about that I feel like they're not completely understanding and somebody, you know, gains greater understanding from that, that that for me is is like invaluable and then even in a in a completely different context like if i'm writing for example like an opinion piece or an article something that isn't a poem at all it's still completely informed by my experiences with poetry and my experiences with being able to use um my words in an effective and, and emotionally connecting way and if, if i can convince someone of something or if i can point out um an issue that people didn't realize before through that, then for me, like that, that is much more valuable than just like me shouting into the void. Right. That's so cool to hear. Like, it's like really cool to like hear all of your experiences and all of this stuff. Um, I have one last question for you, which is speaking in the context of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, what are your thoughts on the future of this country? Do you think everything is hopeless and it's just all going to go to hell? Or do you think that there's potential for real growth and change? And why or why not? I, again, struggle with optimism, but I think that that's just a general personality trait of mine um, that I'm trying to work on. But I, I recently uh, saw a clip of Angela Davis where she said she was hopeful. And I think if, if Angela Davis can manage to be hopeful after everything she's seen, then I don't really have an excuse not to be. But um, I, I think there's always potential for change. I think the the question is less about whether there's potential for change and more about if we're going to be courageous enough to take that potential and use it properly. Um, and in a lot of ways, I think our generation makes me hopeful and that I've seen a lot of people who have a willingness to learn um, in a way that previous generations might not have. Um, and I think that that definitely makes me hopeful. Um, I think one thing you know, obviously a pandemic is not something to romanticize, but I think something that that does at least seem like a, a sort of positive side effect of this is that it's really forcing people to examine the way that we do things, right? It's making people examine the status quo and, and question it because in a lot of ways, the status quo that we, you know, kind of plugged our ears and went, la, 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 it's perfect, is proving itself to be very, very imperfect. And... And in that, you know, as much as the immediate consequences of that are harmful and, and are causing so much damage, I think in the long term, it, it provides kind of this platform to go off of, right, where for, for the first time, I remember I saw the statistic that said, like, for the first time, the majority of Americans, or like the, the highest percentage of Americans in years actually agree that 
racism is still a problem in America. And I think, you know, that that, that acknowledgement is such an essential first step because you can't solve a problem that you're pretending doesn't exist. And right. I think that that is what is making me a little bit more hopeful is right, is that I think for the first time we're acknowledging at least um, on a large, large scale in this country that we have a problem to fix. And, and that first step is what makes me hopeful. Right. No, thank you so much. And thank you for coming on. You're such like an established person who's done so many cool things. And just like an honor to even speak to you. And I remember like on our backpacking trip, there was like one time where we like were in a circle and we were speaking. I just remember like, rem like how cool the things you were speaking about. And I was like really drawn in. And so it was really great to connect again. No, thank you. I'm I'm happy to do it. And I think you know, thank you for the kind words, but I'm really, really just a teenager who talks a lot. Like, I, I think the more that I can, and, and I say that, you know, not to like be some kind of fake humble, but it's more so just like, genuinely, there is nothing that, that I do that I've done that other young people can't. Thank you so much. I cannot stop saying thank you. Um, And I will be in touch just to let you know when it comes out. And I probably will ask you to read an essay of mine and let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Absolutely. And no problem at all. I was happy to do it. Um, and yeah, I look forward to that. Thank you. Awesome. Bye, Samuel. Bye. That was my conversation with Samuel, a really enlightening and inspiring one. Um, I'm really grateful that he was able to join us because yeah. he's super wise and has a lot of great things to say about balance, finding that balance between overconsumption of media but also participating in media because you feel like it's the right thing to do. Um, it's something that our generation all struggles with because we're all online and we all work to make change online too sometimes. So mm -hmm. yeah, that was great. Next, we're going to have my conversation with Sanjev. Hey, Sanjev, how's it going? How's summer been treating you? Oh, you know, all things considered, it's it's been a very... Interesting summer, you know, there's a lot going on in the world between the pandemic and the protests and uh, kind of had a, a bit of experience with all of that, you know? Yeah, definitely. So it's a really overwhelming time for all of us, you know, for everyone in the world right now. So how have you personally been holding up? Yeah, like, you know, it was interesting because, um, you know, the pandemic first kind of started at the end of the school year. So moving to distance learning the past well, the last month or two of school was a little tough. Uh -huh. uh, and then obviously with the uh, police murder of George Floyd, that sparked a whole a whole nother kind of phase uh, of struggle, you know, and that's that's something I've been involved in um, in terms of dealing with police brutality and stuff. I've kind of been involved in that in that movement for a long time. And so um so I did go to a number of different protests and, uh -huh. and it, it was pretty impactful, you know, it was pretty powerful. I mean, it's really, you know, especially obviously, you know, I'm a history teacher. So seeing some of the historical racism and historical injustices getting addressed to me, it was uh, pretty inspiring, you know, seeing the racist statues coming down and just a lot of solidarity right. across, across racial boundaries. It was pretty inspiring, all things considered. Yeah, but you've also been really good with like, telling the community what's going on, especially with that like dorm meeting that we had that one time where you kind of, you know, told everyone what's going on, kind of educated us. That was really nice. Right on. I don't, man, I forgot about that. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> just kind of weird, Sonia, because, you know, for years I was, you know, living and working in Oakland and that's kind of like the front lines in a way, you know, and being here at Athena, uh -huh. 
Danville, sometimes I feel separated for that. So I think it's almost it's as much of a reminder to myself as the community to like, yeah, to like really be aware of what's going on outside of our little Athenian bubble. Yeah, definitely. I see that a lot with like, um, there's like Instagram accounts of Athenian now and they're like, oh, you know, like these are the issues that need to be fixed. And now like, I think the whole community is kind of coming together, trying to, you know, progress definitely. But yeah, um, yeah. So as my world cultures teacher this year, you've constantly been, you know, emphasizing the abbreviation spaces. So could you tell us a little more about what that is? Mostly because I can't remember what it stands for. Oh my God, that's terrible. <laughs> so I obviously didn't do my job very well, but <laughs> anyway, it's just an acronym that refers to the six skill areas of cultural mm -hmm. competence. So really it's all about cultural competency, right? Uh -huh. uh, eventually we'd love to get to a place where we are what we call culturally fluent. But unfortunately, a lot of us are culturally incompetent, meaning we don't really know how to interact with each other. That's why you see so much, um, you know, things online uh, um, of really polarized conversations where kind of us against them mentality. But in terms of breaking down those barriers, uh -huh. we want to use these six skills. So the first one starts with S. So that was what? Self. Really? I, I remember the second S. Okay. Self-awareness. Self-awareness. Oh, right. Okay. That's the first one, right? Uh-huh. You know, that's just being aware of your of your own perspective, your own biases, really having a good understanding of where you're coming from. You can't really engage with anybody until you have that proper self-awareness. Right. And then the next one, the P is perspective. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Nice, nice. But perspective is really about like understanding that everyone has a different point of view, right? Uh-huh. And their point of view is going to shape the way they see things. And so that is really important that we, we have that in mind. So once you're aware of your own self, then you could recognize the different perspectives of others, uh -huh. uh, which brings us to the A, which is analysis and inquiry, which essentially means to think about those different perspectives and then ask questions, right? Uh, inquiry, it means to inquire, to ask you know thoughtful questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Part of the problem these days is people feel like they have to, they feel like they're supposed to know everything already, but none of us do. So always ask questions, inquire, you know, in a respectful way, I think is really important. So that's S-P-A, yes, yeah, so then C, C, yes, cultural wisdom, which uh -huh. is just understanding that, you know, everybody, everyone has an intrinsic value in their culture. So uh -huh. there's wisdom in everyone's background. And really, you know, that's really important in terms of, uh, cultural competence and building respect is, is understanding that, you know, your your culture is not like the, the greatest, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the uh, everyone has some wisdom to it. Right. Uh, and then the E, you should remember this one. Empathy. Boom. Yeah, very good. Very good. So, you know, just putting yourself in someone else's shoes, as I like to say, telepathy is mind reading and empathy is like. It's heart reading. Yeah. Ah, there we go. So you remember a couple of things. Yeah. Right? No, it's because you said it like. 10 times <laughs> well there you go <laughs> repetition um, key. so that's really important you know to, to empathize with other individuals so you're not just like okay on a mental level thinking about it but really feeling what it would feel like you know yeah. um and then what else e, S. S. yeah the last one surroundings which really is dealing with um circumstantial and environmental privilege so just uh -huh. understanding that you know based on where someone lives or how their experience That'll give them privileges or some people will be underprivileged. So just having awareness. So really those spaces, those six skill areas, again, just repeating is self-awareness, 
perspective analysis inquiry, cultural wisdom, empathy, and surroundings. If we have these skills in our mind, we'll be able to kind of navigate and discuss things in a more uh, fluent way and and really build our our skills of cultural competence. Right, definitely. Um, So how do you think that's relevant to the problems in the world right now? Man, I think it's very relevant because, you know, I don't think there's enough empathy going on. There's not enough, um, you know, understanding of different perspectives, cultural wisdom. Like, I think all those areas need to be strengthened, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, again, there is, you know, everyone can feel like they're right. But oftentimes there's as many opinions um, about about an issue as there is people, you know, so there can be tons of different ways of looking at it. But in order to get to a place of common ground, I think using these skills are important. And you don't have to agree on everything, but mm-hmm. to, be able to find points of unity, just different points that you can agree with on on people is important, but it has to be done in an authentic way, not just a, a kumbaya, oh, let's all just agree, you know, uh, right. but to be real, to be authentic about it. I think these skills can help. So I know that a lot of people in the world right now are having trouble agreeing with other people. So what advice would you give to young people that are affected by the injustices in the world today? Or like, how do we as teenagers cope with our mental health being affected by all of this? Yeah, it's real. It's real. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna downplay it or, or um, you know, try to sidestep the, the, the harshness, you know, and, and the the pain and the the trauma that we we feel, you know, some more than others. But everyone uh-huh. is affected by this, you know. So um, I always had this old adage that no one can do everything, but everyone can do something. I think that's really important to just. Try to do whatever you can, even if it's on a small level, to 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 get involved. You know, whether that's just a raising awareness or you know volunteering your time or doing doing something. I think being active, like beyond just voicing your opinions online or on social media, I uh-huh. think I think it's really important to actually get out there, um, you know, and, and do some do some work, especially for those of us who have more privilege than others to to use your privilege in a way that benefits the whole. Um, I think it is, is critical. Yeah, definitely. So um, that was the last question that I had for you. But I know that for the listeners that are, you know, listening and even for Leela, because she doesn't know this, Sanjev used to rap and he actually got really big. And yeah. after he talked about it, the whole school like found his like YouTubes and everything. So would you like to rap for us? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, that totally put me on the spot. Yeah, see, this is why I didn't email you about it. Because you right. would say no. Oh, my goodness. It's um, like, like two lines or three lines. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, this is really hard. I don't, <laughs> I don't have anything on the top of my head that I could think about uh-huh. um, in terms of verses. I don't have any. Because, again, like you said, used to rap. I'm, I'm semi-retired over here. Right. I, could, I could Google search some of my own lyrics. Or I could just do a couple of little bars of freestyle. I'm going to do a freestyle. Yeah, with- do freestyle. Without any beat, so it's kind of weird, but here we go. Okay, um, how do we feel in America today? Smoke's in the air and fires still blaze. Pandemic is going on and we're feeling kind of crazy, but if we could be smart and intellectually not lazy, then we might get to a place where we mm-hmm. our vision isn't hazy, where we could see each other um, and not just pick daisies. I don't know, but let me say... <laughs> With the really type of flow that I hope it goes good for everyone out there for show. 
Yo. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> I'm clapping for you, even though you can't hear it. But okay, thanks, thanks. <laughs> you can but, put me on the spot there, Sonia. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but thank you for coming on to our podcast. Like, we really appreciate a voice like yours. No doubt, no doubt. And I hope, you know, anything was beneficial from this. And, you know, good job doing this work. And it's really important that the youth have their voice. And really, I think that's one thing I've been trying to remind people, too, as I've been involved with the protests or whatnot, is listen to the youth. Like, really, you know, listen to your generation. I think you guys really, it's up to y'all to, like, take up another leadership level because right. ultimately you're inheriting this world. You know, we're going to be gone in a, in a couple of decades, and this will be your place. So you got to build the world that you want to see. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, um, have a good summer, and I'll see you probably at school or something next week. But yeah, definitely. Okay, later on. Okay, bye. Bye. That was such an amazing conversation. Thank you to everyone who listened, and thank you, Sanjev. Um, I think it's really important for all of us to hear, you know, from an educator's perspective. Just a reminder for everybody to stay safe, stay healthy. Things are really bad in the Bay Area right now regarding air quality because of all the fallout from fires. I think there's like almost 400 fires burning around us right now. So be careful of going outside. Limit your outdoor activity. For donating to Lebanon right now, make sure you only donate to the Lebanon Red Cross. And please, thoughts and prayers for everybody who's lost their lives. And yeah. And, you know, stay educated, everybody. Like I said, please stay mentally healthy. Always prioritize your mental health and listen to your body. We're always here for you guys, your local big sisters. Also, remember to follow our Instagram at YouthSpeakCA and stream our podcast so we can reach as many people as possible. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, and iTunes. Check it out like always. We'll see you guys next time.